The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept! And one we will explore today on the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe, and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon, broadcasting from, yes, sunny Arizona. But today is different. It's beautiful, sunny, blue sky, all of that, but it's very crisp and just chilly. And it's lovely to have a few of those days during the year, knowing that there's only going to be a few of them. Um, it's one of these ideal days here. We've been playing Alice Cooper's No More Mr. Nice Guy as our theme song since the beginning of the self-improvement show. And we did that for two reasons. One, Alice Cooper lives here and he's really the nicest guy in town. No kidding. Um, and because when you do self-improvement work and you hit that place where you begin to set boundaries and you learn to say no, some of your friends and family think you're not so nice anymore. So we thought it was the perfect song. But we're going to have a new theme song beginning the first of the year. So I want you all to come back and hear what we do with it. I'm in the process of picking one out now. If anybody has suggestions, let me know. Just go to the self-improvement blog and, and go to the contact page and let me know what you think. Next week's guest is Christopher Dines talking from London about the mystery of belief, how to manifest your dreams. This is a pre-record, and I already know that it's a really good show, so you know, take, it, take a listen next week. Today we have a more serious topic. Uh, most of us have at some time or other experienced the death of a loved one or a, a dear, dear friend, and you, you know what kind of pain that brings. I have two in the past 15 years. I've lost three people who were very, very close to me. My first, my very first grandson died when he was only two days old, and all of us were left absolutely brokenhearted. My fiancé died of Lou Gehrig's disease after he battled it. We battled it for a year. Uh, he, he just couldn't hang on any longer. And a year and a half later, my mother died at the age of 96. When holidays come around, they're very much on my mind all the time. They don't leave my mind. Certainly they're in my heart. It's only in the last couple of years that I've made peace with Thanksgiving and Christmas. You know, I say that because these were days of just huge fun in our family, and most of it centered around my mother, who always saw that everybody had a rich, full day, or actually a rich, full season. Um, I think of her every time I do anything with Christmas. But, you know, I thought it was something I needed to get through. I had to tough it out. I had to get over it, uh, take it in stride. At least that's what people told me I had to do. You know, I've been in nursing most of my life, and I was not taught to how to deal with grief and grieving. Uh, back then, we hardly even talked about it, uh, and it's tough. And then Gloria Horsley came into my life. I had the privilege of working with her for a few years on the grief blog, which has now become uh, the Open to Hope Foundation and the Open to Hope website, which are remarkable. I really encourage you to go there. We'll give you real clear directions on how to get there just a little later on in the show. From this remarkable woman, I learned about grief and grieving. 
how to deal with my own grief, and how to help others in theirs. One of the recurring themes is how to deal with the holidays. It's the toughest time of the year for, for bereaved people. And Glory is our guest today. We're going to talk about just that, handling grief during the holidays. Dr. Gloria Horsley is a dear friend of mine, and she's also the founder and president of the board for the Open to Hope Foundation, and it is an internationally known grief expert. And I'm not stretching it there. She's known everywhere. She's a psychotherapist and a bereaved parent. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist and clinical nurse specialist has worked in the field of family therapy for over 20 years, and it's amazing because she only looks like she's about 22. <laughs> Don't laugh, Gloria. Gloria co-hosts the syndicated Internet radio show Open to Hope and has authored numerous articles for professional journals and has written several books, uh, more than several actually, including Teen Grief Relief, Parenting with Understanding, Support, and Guidance. And if you have a teen and she has someone that she's grieving, you really need this book. Uh, her newest is Open to Hope, uh, is Open to Hope, Inspirational Stories for Handling the Holidays After Loss. She serves the Compassionate Friends in a number of roles, including as a member of the Board of Directors, Chapter Leader, Workshop Facilitator, and Media Spokesperson. She's made numerous appearances on various TV and radio shows, including the Today Show, and she's widely recognized as a leader in the field of grief and loss. And it's such an honor for me to welcome Dr. Gloria Horsley to the Self-Improvement Show. Gloria, welcome. Oh, thank you, Irene. It's great to be on. I can't believe it. Who is that woman you're talking about? <laughs> I, oh my goodness <laughs> I didn't make it up I really didn't make it up if we get old enough we do a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah we do a lot of stuff and it sounds really great on paper and you say that couldn't possibly be me but let me tell you it is you and you've done more than almost anybody well more than anyone to to make it acceptable to talk about dying and grief and grieving i think i said to you one time that you know before i met you i couldn't find much about grief anywhere there were books written about grief and grieving but in a t well, there were books about dying and how to deal with dying but not much about grief and grieving yeah only Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. Right. And, and then you came along and the grief blog started and it started reaching people and you started reaching more people in a number of ways. And now there's all kinds of material about grief and grieving. So there is a place to turn now. And there was not before Gloria Horsley. Well, so, thank goodness for the Internet, because the Internet has really uh, been wonderful, because grief is not a topic that people want to talk about, particularly during the holidays, if they're not in grief. And where do you go? You know, if you are in grief, yeah. you really want to talk about it, and you really and, want to get involved, and you need to. And, and you want to do your searching in private, right. and you can do that on the Internet. Yeah, some people love to uh, have groups. I got an email from a woman the other day who said, I loved coming to the Open to Hope site, because... I've tried going to groups, and I really don't like it. I, I really am a private person. So, you know, I think that's the beauty of the Internet and, and the show that you do and the 
uh, YouTubes, and we've got 3,000 articles on our site on grief, loss, hope, and healing. And by the way, Irene, one of the things that I want to say, too, to everyone out there is that there is hope during the holidays that you'll feel better again and you'll get through it for those early grievers. But I want to say as time goes on, we're talking about some things nowadays like post-traumatic growth and some of the things, the positive things that come out of your losses. Never will we say that they were worth it. But there are positive things that come out of it. There's a future for you if you're grieving. Yeah, you are a positive something or someone who came out of grief. Tell us your story, Glory, because my listeners probably haven't heard it. Well, in 1983, I was a clinical nurse specialist, and I taught at the University of Rochester. And um, I had gone at Easter time uh, with my son to visit a cousin in Virginia, and the boys were driving. It was raining hard. Uh, my son's cousin, my son's name was Scott. He was 17, and his, the driver was Matthew. And uh, Matthew was driving. It was pouring rain. Uh, they'd been to a movie, hadn't been drinking, hadn't been doing anything, had their safety belts on. The car hydroplaned and hit a wall, and the car blew up, and both boys burned to death. So that <sighs> was the beginning of my uh, hellish, hellish journey. And I, at the time worked on a burn unit, and I worked at the university, and I was actually an expert in grief and loss, so I thought. But then it happened to me, and I found out I didn't know a thing about it because it's so physical. I knew it's like I had a map. I knew where I was going, but I had to take the trip. It's like you're going through a foreign land not knowing the language. Absolutely. Even though you know all about it, it, it doesn't make any sense. No, and you, have, and you have the experience, like you, you know, you have sign respirations, and uh, you um, think you're going to die, and you don't think you're going to make it, and you want to join them, and you fall asleep and wake up and think they're not dead, and you're yearning and searching and looking for them. I mean, it doesn't matter if you know these things intellectually; you're going to do them. It doesn't matter. It, the, the head sometimes doesn't have anything to do with what the heart is feeling. Absolutely. It, it just doesn't. So how did you then get involved in helping others to this amazing extent that you do? Well, I went along for um, years, and I was a family therapist. I actually wrote a book on in-law survival, and, uh, you know, it wasn't on a loss. It was kind of a, a joke thing and, and did a lot of radio and TV and all that. And then I uh, retired about um, six years ago, and I decided... Um, that I would help out the Compassionate Friends, which is the largest grief and loss group in the world. They have 600 chapters in the United States for bereaved parents. And so they asked me to do a radio show, and that's how I got involved with the, doing the grief blog with you and your wonderful son, Chris, who helped me design the blog, and got to know Jeff Bernard at Voice America and Chad and all the fabulous people at Voice America and did this radio show called uh, Healing the Grieving Heart, which was then put on the Compassionate Friends website. And I, was, I only was signed up for 13 weeks. And then I got an email on about week 10 from a woman who said, because, you know, you post the shows, and this woman said, I notice you're, only doing, uh, you're not doing any more shows. After 10, you're only going to 13. And she said, I hope you will not quit. You're my lifeline. And that was five years ago, and I've been doing shows. Oh, how can you how can you not when somebody says right. you're my lifeline? Yeah. Wow. 
in amazing ways. And, you know, it's so funny. I know you and I are sitting here talking, and we never know who we're reaching out to unless we get those wonderful emails from you guys out there. If you want to keep us going, get those emails to Irene because uh, that really keeps us going. Only a few of those, uh, you know, you get, they just inspire you to, to move on. They do, and you had several people who wrote to the blog or put articles on it that I, I will never, ever forget because I could see the change in them and and track their healing by the way they wrote. Yeah, it's, a, it's kind of amazing. And Kim, by the way, came to the Compassionate Friends website, I mean, uh, candle lighting. Irene knows Kim well because she wrote to us a lot. Oh, Her young she... son uh, died of a staph infection in like one hour, and uh, Joey. And she came up to me at the candle lighting, and she said, Gloria, I want to tell I am so much better. It's been five years. She said, I can't believe it when I come here that I'm so much better. You saved my life. I, I didn't think she was going to make it through a couple of those Christmases in the beginning. Absolutely. Uh, I just, my heart hurt every time she wrote an article, and um, she was tremendously, tremendously helped by really all the things you do, compassionate friends and her writing and, you know. And the opportunity you were running the grief blog to have you respond to her. I mean, you know, it's just uh, the Internet's amazing. It, it it was it was a, a moving, fantastic, painful experience. Yeah, uh, well, we it, just saw her journey. We can imagine what she was going through. You know. Oh yeah, I, with her I all just the way. fell in love with this woman. I just always wished that I could meet her and hug her and say, "If we're gonna make it, you know, we're gonna make it together. You know, we'll be okay." Exactly. Back in those early days after you lost Scott, what what were your holidays like then? You weren't in this um, on this path of helping others with their grief. You were struggling with your own. How did you cope with the holidays in those first years? Well, the first Christmas is just, you're, you're totally frozen, I call it. You're unconscious. You're just trying to get through that first, the first year, the first of everything. So difficult. And, you, you know, you just uh, kind of try to do your old pattern. And some people um, that I've dealt with tell me, well, I'm going away. I'm not going to do what I did at Christmas that first year. And I always say, Hey, if you if you haven't done it, you really need to track through it about the same way you did. And the reason is, is because if you go to Florida or Hawaii, as one person did, you've got to open those ornaments the second year, you know. Yeah. And you've got to do that stuff the second year. You got to get out the skirt or the menorah or whatever you did. Whatever uh, it you, is, you're going to have to do it the second year. So uh, you know, it's pretty good to tough it out and and get through it the first year while you're still frozen and feel like you made it through and all that because the second year um is it really sneaks up on people and the way it does is it's a paradox when you start getting better and you're unfrozen in that second year everything hits you because you're better i want to talk more about that gloria but it's time for us to go to break uh we'll be right back with more from gloria horsley in just a few minutes so stay tuned Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at World Talk Radio. Are you looking to improve your personal or professional branding? What about your business? We've got a program that will help streamline your image management. 
Tune in to Marketing Matters, hosted by Yasmeen Anderson-Smith. Your business and public image is important to your customers' perceptions. And in this day and age, how you market yourself or your company can make the difference between running a successful business and shutting it down. Marketing Matters can be heard every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on World Talk Radio Variety. World Talk Radio presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. We're talking to Gloria Horsley, who's an expert on grief and grieving. We were talking about handling the holidays and the second year of grief. Gloria, let's continue with that thought. What What's going on the second year? Well, as I said when we went to break, it's a real paradox. I mean, people are surprised it really creeps up on them and because you're getting better. You're unfrozen from that first year. You're starting to feel better. And so you realize how tough life is. This is the way it's going to be. Uh, people have called me and said they felt crazy. Uh, and I say that's, that's normal. It's the way it is. And you, you can overdo, too, because you've got more energy. You're trying to distract yourself this year. And, you know, so it can make it a really tough year. Somebody said to me, and I think this is really true, the first year you grieve for the person you lost, and the second year you grieve for yourself. Oh, that's very insightful. Uh, and then, and, yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and then moving on to the third year, it starts getting better, folks. And by the fourth time you've been through it, it's it's a lot better. You, uh, you can yeah. I say to people, remember, it's only one day. And, and you give people, uh, are you have some tasks that people handle during these early years and then a little later and then a little later. Let's talk about some of those tasks, like the early tasks. You talk about going through the motions. Yeah, well, as I said, the early, you know, early on you are just going through the motions and the task for, for that early year, particularly the first year, you know, I hate to, Heidi gets, my, my daughter Heidi, who, who co-hosts a lot of stuff with me, hates me to say the first and second year. That's why she wants me to call them tasks because, and Heidi's right, people don't do things the same. You know, for some people, maybe the first year is going to be um, harder or the, the second year will be easier, you know. It's, you, you can't say, but in general, um, you know, that, that first early time is the task is just going to kind of be getting through. 
and figuring out. And, you know, sometimes you have to fake it till you make it. And one of the things that I always, you know, you'd love to say, well, Irene, if you don't want to celebrate Hanukkah or Christmas or whatever, don't buy presents this year. Pull the covers over your head. Go to Hawaii. Do what you want to do. And then Heidi says to me, but, Mom, what about the other people in the family, the people that want to be with you during that holiday, your kids? You know, and that gets into you got to fake it till you make it. Yeah, and it's hard at that time to try to think of everybody else and how they're feeling when you feel so awful. Absolutely. And, you know, um, it's important that you bring in resources then. get Find somebody, if you've got a kid, a younger kid, find somebody who you can get to buddy up with them, a favorite uncle or an aunt, and take them shopping, take a, a little break, have them take them to the Nutcracker or, you know, whatever you do in the Hanukkah party. And if you've got a baby, find somebody to hold the baby. Um, you know, have somebody come over in the afternoon to play with your one-year-old. You know, you got it. You know, people don't, they're not mind readers. Get some good grief support for yourself. And find safe people. I like to call them safe people. Not everyone is going to be able to deal with your grief. And you need to tell your story. Keep telling your story. I say till, till you get bored with it yourself. Yeah, and there are people who can listen without having to say, oh, it's going to all be better, or time's going to heal this, or well, you should be over it by now, or some of the inane Absolutely. things. Absolutely. We like to say that uh, closure is for bank accounts, not love accounts. Oh, that's good. That's rich. Yeah. Um, is how do you? Uh, it's okay, I guess. Is what I want to say. Is it okay to tell people? You know, can I just talk to you and you just listen to me? You don't have to say anything if you just listen. I is think. Okay? Yeah, I think you can tell people. Yeah, that's teaching people to be good grief support for you. But I'm going to tell you, folks out there, you're going to lose some friends. You're going to get distance them from some family members because they're, and they will. Uh, some of them will come back and. Five years, and you're going to have to decide if you want to welcome them back into your heart and your life. Some people just cannot hear this. So you need to find safe people who can hear this. And those people, you won't have to ask that. You know, they will know. They'll have the sensitivity to do that. But if you've got somebody with blathers on, you can, you can walk away now, Irene. You, got, you can I walk away. permission, folks. If somebody is not nice to you after a loss, turn around and walk away. You know, yes, just get, give yourself plenty of distance. There are a lot of other people out there. What is there, 7 billion people on the planet now? <laughs> right. there, there must be one out there that could just put their arm around you and let you talk. Absolutely. One of the things I suggest is that you create um, an illusion of normalcy that first year by keeping family rituals. Just kind of do the same rituals and try to make it as normal as possible partially for other people, but partially for yourself, because then you don't have to think too much. If there are things that you did, just do it. Maybe do a little less of it. But Yeah, know. but yeah, just go through the motions, basically, is what you're saying. Absolutely. And then, do some people need more than that first year, maybe the second year still, they're a little numb? You know, everybody seems to develop at their own pace. Right, Ab- absolutely. But you got the second Christmas rolling around, second holiday, second holiday. Yeah. You know what you did last year. So, you know, I think it's okay the second year to do something else, really something big. We left. We went to Hawaii with my mother, and 
it, it, it was good because we went to a place we'd never been before, and we weren't yearning and searching and looking for Scott the whole time. As my daughter says, oh, Heidi says, yeah, but I did look for him sometimes on the beach, a guy with curly hair, you know. <laughs> and but, you always will see one that reminds you. Absolutely. That, that brings it back. But, you know, it, there are, what, what are some of the other things people could do? Everybody can't just take off and go to Hawaii. Right. Um, you could just uh, go to somebody else's house for Christmas or, or hold a different kind of event or just think of something maybe a little different than you want to do that year. But let me say right now, here's your time, people. Listen up. If you're not going to go to your in-laws or your sisters or do what the family has always done, you got to tell people today, don't wait. They will be mad at you. They'll try to argue with you. Be firm and just say, this is what I need to do for myself this year. And if it's, you know, if it's your kids and stuff, have somebody else take them or whatever to the event. You don't want to deprive other people, but you need to take care of yourself this year. But tell them now if you're going to do something different because they will be really mad if you tell them two days before. And oh, yeah. And ordered stuff. They're going to be mad anyway, right, Irene? Probably. <laughs> but but they'll get over it. And if or they, they don't, won't, but that's too bad. If, if they don't get over it, it's their problem. Right, exactly. If it's not your problem, it's their problem. Right, and, you know, feel free to to not do the big dinner that you did. Do something else. Go out, you know. Think of other things that you can do. But, um, keep, you know, if you love certain rituals, keep them. You don't have to run around and change everything. Absolutely. And then what happens? You're, you know, you're past it three, four, five years now. Yeah. Um, you're kind of back to normal, whatever that is. Yeah. Well, later on, you've got to realize, people tell me, well, the Christmas isn't as fun as that used to be. And you know what? Okay. It may not as fun as it used to be, but you know you're going to get through. And you're more in control of your emotions now later on. Now, I want to say that I, it's been like, oh, 28 years. And sometimes um, last year, I had some old clothes of Scott's around. And after 27 years, and uh, I, you know, a football jacket, he was the quarterback on the football team, and uh, he was catcher on the baseball team, and I had, we had a couple of things, his jacket and stuff. So I made, I have three daughters, and I made teddy bears for them. I actually had somebody make teddy bears for them, a woman in Utah, and she made these darling teddy bears out of his clothes. Well, I, I wrapped them up in these beautiful boxes, and I gave them to my daughters for Christmas, and my gosh, they, you know, they opened them and looked at them and cried, you know, howled. But you know what? They were over it in a minute, and we were back to Christmas again. And that's and something they they'll it. treasure. They'll treasure it, you know, every day, every time they see it. But the point being that you, it's not that you don't go there, but you don't stay there anymore. no. You, you, you visit, you don't live there. No, you don't live there anymore. You live there at the beginning and you can't recover. It takes a long time. But later on, you can do these things and other fun things to do at Christmas time. Uh, later on, it connected with your loved ones. Really fun. Like create a table in your house where you put items that they liked and have family and friends bring them. Uh, have a big silver bowl and ask people to put funny things about your loved ones. Go on Facebook and have their friends tell their funny stories. Get some fun stuff going over the holidays. Connect some of that rich, wonderful uh, things that you can find during the holidays. 
nice ideas, and we're going to talk about some more of them in a little bit. But right now, I, I want to ask you this. You call the holidays a bittersweet time. Talk about why you call them bittersweet. Because there's so many juicy, wonderful memories, and they're not here with you, and so that is the bitter part. But there are, uh, uh, it, it is just fabulous, the, the memories that you have. And let me tell you all out there, one of our biggest fears in life is that we will forget them, that your memories get so much stronger and so much more fun as time goes on. I mean, they really become a, a special part of your life. If you've told those scary, awful stories early on, if you have some something connected with your loss where you're feeling guilty or shameful or lacking in forgiveness, for yourself or other people, you need, you know, as time goes on, you're going to have to deal with those if you want to get to where I am, where it's just a joy to remember Scott and have him in our life. And, gee, he informs our whole foundation, and, you know, he's just a fabulous kid, and, and you can get there. But and, you, yeah. you've, got to, you've got to get through those stories. And, and a lot of people feel guilty when they begin having fun, don't they? When Absolutely. they first begin to realize it's a little bit of joy, then... The guilt seems to seep in. What do you tell them? How do, how do, they, how do you tell them what to do in de- terms of dealing with that? Well, the first thing to do is realize that it, you will feel guilty <laughs> the first time you laugh, the first time you have fun. Uh, after Scott died, I remember uh, we went out to Utah and had a funeral for him, and my 14-year-old daughter came up to me and said, Mom, I'm having fun with my cousins. Is it all right? <laughs> and oh, I said, you oh. know what? We'll be home alone without him, and, and then, you know, we'll grieve for him. Don't worry. But, you know, there is. And for your kids, if you've got kids out there, you have to realize that they do feel that. They're not sure that they should be having fun. So um, one thing you can do that I think is really helpful, Irene, is to compartmentalize a little bit so that um, if you se- separate a time when you are going to grieve for them, uh, you can do some music, a candle, or whatever, do something to remember them every, you know, during the day. And sometimes you can just for the family put out a, a rose or a candle or something, uh, their picture. Watch out, you don't have more pictures of the dead person than you do your living kids. Kids count. Oh, so, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so, one of the things I saw in the grief blog, are, are, we got letters about it that, it's so hard to pay attention to the children who are living because you're in such agony over the one who is not. Right. And I, I often wondered what's happening to those poor children. Well, I think that children understand they try to be good kids for their parents. You know, they developmentally are going to go through this whole experience. And I worried a huge amount about Heather. And uh, my pediatrician said to me, who was a friend, he said, Gloria, you know, people have biological drives and things that drive them through different stages of life, and your daughter's going to be just fine. And she has turned out to be, you know, fine and amazing and, and been through that experience. So, um, but, you know, you do have to fake it until the, you know, you really do have to try. And I know parents are out there trying. They're trying their best, and they're worried about their kids. And, by the way, your kids are worried about you, too, because um, they've lost, in a way, the, not only their sibling but the parent that they knew. I want to talk more about this when we come back from break. It's time for us to take a few minutes to tell you about other wonderful things. This is Irene Conlon with the Self-Improvement Show saying, come right back. We're going to talk more with Gloria Horsley. (laughs) 
Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk Radio. World Talk Radio presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleiner interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness is delighted to finally have the opportunity to fulfill the requests of our many guests and listeners to extend the Mind, Brain, and Body experience to a second hour. Tune in for The Lyceum, Critiques of Ancient and Modern Understanding with Dr. Michael Kell. The purpose of this show is to explore and expand upon mankind's continual efforts to explain why we exist. Join us each week as we continue our fireside chats with some of the most remarkable thinkers living today. The Lyceum airs Fridays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on World Talk Radio Variety. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. My guest today is Dr. Gloria Horsley. We're talking about making it through the holidays when you're grieving. And Gloria, you talked about, you, you mentioned a little while ago about finding a new normal. You know, when does that happen and, and what is a new normal? Well, it's, it's the new normal is how your life is now with who am I without that person in my life. And that's the question you need to ask yourself. Who am I? without the person. What do I want? What do I want during this holiday? When you start finding out what it is that you want, what motivates you, what makes you feel hopeful, what energizes you, then you're going to understand what you need, and that's your new normal because it's different than what you needed before. There's some things that have happened to you. You've uh, The worst thing that's happened to you that you thought could have, uh, you didn't think you'd get through it. You have. Um, when you do get through it, you're going to feel less fear, you're going to enjoy connections more. You're going to understand the sanctity and sacredness of life. Um, there's so many uh, things. You're, you're going to meet new people. You're going to make new connections. Uh, and that's going to be a new normal for you because uh, life is never going to be the way it was, and you are going to have to come to terms with that. It's not going to be back uh, the way it was. If you, if you uh, get through the trial, if you're in a lawsuit, uh, people think that, they're going to feel better after the person goes to jail or whatever, and they're always surprised when they don't. And they don't, yeah. You know, um, you're going to get through those experiences and uh, get into that forgiveness and all that, and you don't want your new experience to be anger, depression, 
um, you know, you don't want that to be that. So you're going to have to find your way through that. That You don't want that to be your normal. It could be, right, Irene, if you're not it, careful? It, it could be. It very easily could be. And I think we probably all know people who have become bitter and um, sad and project and that. And depressed. And depressed. And you, and, you know, if you're there, you don't have to be there. I mean, I believe, honestly, that in this new normal, that you can actually, after a profound loss, be happier than you were before. Now, that's a big shocker to people. And, and they, you know, the favorite thing people to say to brief parents is you never get over it, like as if they knew. Oh, you never get over it. And I'm like... Get over what? As I said earlier, closures for bank accounts, not love accounts. Why would I want to get over Scott? Yeah, one thing you used to say that always struck me as being so powerful and profound is that the pain never goes away, but the suffering stops. Right. You don't suffer. And as I said, you can go there. I call it going to the well. You know, people will get you, because I work with a lot of brief people, and and I will go with them on their journey, and sometimes it will strike me. Uh, something where I've been, but I recover very quickly. And because I have been there, it's a, you know, kind of think of it as a yin and a yang. If you can go really deep in the loss, you can go really happy on the other side. Oh, yes. What happens, though, when, when, let's say you've lost a child and your spouse isn't dealing with it or, you know, comes out of it so different that, you don't quite know what to do with that person. Oh, my How- gosh. You, I hear that so much. My husband doesn't want to go to groups. He doesn't want to talk. It's usually because women grieve face-to-face. Men grieve shoulder-to-shoulder. They're more likely to do task stuff. And, like, uh, we had a, uh, a guy who wrote a book about his wife committing suicide while she was pregnant, and the baby and his wife died. And he was looking for His name's Abel Keogh, by the way, and he wrote a book about it. And Abel uh, was looking to buy a new house, you know, an old house to fix her up. And so he bought it, and all his friends came for the next two years and helped him build it. And, you know, clean it up. And you may have remembered him, I remember. I do. I do remember him. Yeah. And uh, they redid his house. And that's what guys do. That's how his friends came and talked to him. They pounded nails. And and I remember Ann Hood, who's uh, author of The Knitting Circle. She was telling us, she's a New York Times best author, she was telling us that her husband bricked in the whole patio and the whole yard <laughs> after her da- daughter died. So, you know, different ways. But women say to me, my husband won't come to group. He doesn't talk about it, and he's not grieving. And you know what? He's grieving. He just doesn't do it the way you do it. You know, and we're totally different in the way we, we approach this. You know, I think of Eric Hippel's story. Often. Right. Yeah, how Eric uh, Hippel, quarterback for the Detroit Lions, uh, ended up, and we wrote a book with him called Real Men Do Cry, and he ended up in jail for DUI and jumping out of a car going 70 miles an hour, and his son Jeff had uh, shot himself. He was, uh, I believe, 16. And now, guess what? Eric Hippel is the outreach coordinator for the University of Michigan Depression Center, and he goes around and talks to um, athletes and the military and all that about how horrible depression is for people and uh, um, who you know kill themselves because they're so desperate in depression. And uh, he is great. So great thing. You look at you look at some of the work that some of the people who were hit so hard 
by the death of somebody they loved, especially a child. And now they're doing these monumental things yeah, to amazing. help other people. But, you know, you say the death of a child. I'll have to say, I mean, I've talked to people who the death of a spouse was unbelievable. Experience. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Not only, you know, you lose your child, it's very tough. But you lose your spouse and you lose maybe financial security. Um, you know, they were the primary, even if they weren't the primary and you're working, it's half your income. Right. And, you know, it's talk about a life changer. And, and many of them say, it's like I lost half of me. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, you know, I always say the, the worst death is the one that knocks you down on the floor and leaves you kicking and screaming and unable to get up. And who knows what those losses are. Um, I have a friend that I play golf with. His mother died, and she was living with her and lived with her for many years. That's huge, you know, an adult. And, you know, it's uh, whatever your losses are out there, wow, we're with you. It's, it's, it's tough. It's, it's tough. And everybody's not the same, so you can't look at the person next door who's grieving and say, wow, she's way ahead of me or, I, you know, whatever, because there's no way to compare it. Uh, that is true. However, one of the joys, I have to say, of going to a grief group is like Kim coming to the Compassionate Friends candle lighting. She saw people at that candle lighting whose children died. One guy's uh, daughter died in a fire a month oh. before, um, just a month ago. So she sees where they are and sees where she is five years later, and she says, wow. I it's a miracle. You know, <laughs> so, so the point is that... The Greek groups are good because everybody grieves differently, yes, but when you see people, you see how much better you are. There's, that's one really nice thing about a group that's uh, like Compassionate Friends who are people who have all had the loss of a child. It's a self-run group. It's not, a self, it's not run by a therapist. So, so you actually see these people at these different points. And also... It, it becomes, when you really know, folks, that you're starting to move out a bit, it's when you start giving to other people. When you bring a cookie to the, you know, yeah. event, when you can do something. But maybe it's not the year for you to do it. But I'm telling you, when you start kind of reaching out and, and creating an event, creating something, creating a cookie, you know, God creates and we want to create. And and that's our God-given nature is to create but, you know, you can't get into that energy. You, the person you have to give to early on is yourself. Is yourself. Tell us a little bit more about Compassionate Friends. I know you're very involved with it. How can people find it and, you know, kind of what do they do? Well, you can go to CompassionateFriends.org on the Internet. And Compassionate Friends is the oldest bereavement uh, organization in the world for bereaved uh, parents, grandparents, and siblings. And there's going to be a national conference in Costa Mesa, California, in July. Uh, I'll be there. I'll be speaking. Heidi and I do workshops there every year. And uh, it's, it's an absolutely phenomenal event. Kathy Eldon will be speaking. Kathy's son, Dan, uh, was stoned. He was a reporter from um, a, a major reporter, and he was in Africa, and he was stoned to death. Oh and goodness. she uh, now has a program for Dan Eldon Foundation. And she's going to be speaking. She's an amazing person. And um, then a guy named Chris Donahoe is going to be playing music there. His brother was a doctor and uh, died of MS uh, recently. And uh, he uh, has dedicated music to him and has done an album. So that will be the very beginning. It is a very rich weekend if you've had 
that kind of a loss. There'll be, as I said, 1,500 people there. So you would say that a, a huge survival tip is to get involved in a group like Compassionate Absolutely, Friends. absolutely. It is. But it's, as again, Irene, I say it, and it's not for everyone, but if you, um, if you are a person who'd rather go on the Internet, you can come to our site, opentohope.com, and on that site, we have uh, 350 radio shows. We have um, 100 YouTubes that we've done with experts in the field of grief and loss. And by the way, Irene's uh, son went with us to uh, ADAC, <laughs> yeah. Association of Deaf Educators, to do those YouTubes. It was crazy. We rented a suite, and Chris was with us, and we had people write um, YouTubes, and uh, then we interviewed them. We interviewed 40 people in a weekend. It was unbelievable. And some they're short, they don't take a lot of time, but some of them really will touch you. you yeah. know, these people they're they're the experts in the field and um They're they're not only experts, but one of the things that we always ask people to do is to cop up to their own loss. Yes. And you know it, they don't always want to do that as professionals because we're trained not to give our own stuff to people, not to tell people about our losses. But if yeah, people are in the grief and loss area, they're generally there for a reason. It's time to get over that, isn't it? <laughs> I agree. <laughs> it and by the way, folks, if you're in therapy and you don't like your therapist, shop around and find one who knows about grief and loss because uh, not everybody knows how to deal with this. Absolutely. And with that thought, we're going to go to our last and final break. Uh, this is Irene Conlon with the Self-Improvement Show saying, come right back. We'll have more with Gloria Horsley in just a moment. We're making it easier to listen to the World Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hi, this is Rochelle and Jeff from Travel Hub Radio with another Travel Hub tip. You're late for your flight and there is a long line at the security checkpoint. What can you do as a traveler to improve time and efficiency and make your flight quickly? One idea is to take everything out of your pockets, such as sunglasses, cell phones, PDAs, pagers, and other metal and electronic objects. Put them in an easily accessible pocket on your carry-on luggage. If security asks you to display or operate these items, they're right there. Plus, you won't hold up the line when you have to do the walk. A metal belt buckle or a wristwatch is usually not a problem, but be aware of them and ready to remove them quickly if needed. Wear comfortable shoes that can be quickly slipped off and on if you are asked to remove them. Most of all, if the security personnel give you specific directions or ask you a question, don't argue. Just comply and cooperate. It's not personal. They're just doing their job. For traveling tips and much more, make sure you tune into Travel Hub Radio or listen to the show archives and podcast right here on World Talk Radio and at TravelHubRadio.com. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. 
Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. My guest today is Dr. Gloria Horsley. We've been talking about how to survive the holidays when you're grieving. Uh, Gloria, you have a new book out about how to handle the holidays when Absolutely. you're dealing with grief. Tell us about your new book. It's called Open to Hope, Inspirational Stories for Handling the Holidays After Loss. And it is a compilation of story, different stories from our website because we have a uh, over 300 people that write for the site, and we have over 3,000 articles on the site. So we've taken some of their articles, and you can see their picture there, and things like when canceling a holiday is not an option. Boy, we know that when it's not an option. Yeah. At the table, say their names. I love that. And by the way, when I that's by Tom Zuba, and he's a major oh. blogger on the, the, the uh, web. But what I want to say about that is at the table, say their names, do say their names, but... This is what I suggest. Have somebody do a toast to them. Uh, yes. Ask a family member before you go. Or you can toast them yourself, and it doesn't have to be a big deal. You can raise your, as Heidi said, she raises her glass and says to Scott. So, uh, or you can have them do a more formal. And that says it, and then it's it's done. Yep, and then it's done, and they've said it. And by the way, if you're going to a formal event and you're going to feel bad because nobody's talked to your child, light a candle before you go, say their name, if your spouse is there or if it's your spouse that died, if your children are there, do a little ceremony before you go out to that ho-ho-ho, jingle bell party or whatever, and you've, you've done it. Or, and, uh, but, uh, again, don't be afraid to put the person's name out. You don't have to expect people to say anything. You can say, wow, John would have really enjoyed this or, you know, whatever, and don't expect a response. And Be- uh, Beverly McManus uh, wrote something called Keeping the Holiday Blues at Bay, and uh, we just got... Uh, some great articles in here. Oh, Darcy Sims. A lot of people know Darcy Sims. If you don't know Darcy, go look up for her on the Internet. She does a lot of speaking, and she wrote a great little article for this book called I'm Not Ready Yet. Isn't that uh, true? We're not ready yet for the holidays. Not ready. No. And she talks about that. So lots of good information for you in this book, and you can get it on our website at uh, opentohope.com. And we're, it's also on Amazon, so you can get it there. And we have another book that's a little bigger than this called Open to Hope, Inspirational Stories of um, uh, Healing After Loss. And this is an important one, Irene, because uh, the foreword is by the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross Foundation. Oh, nice. Uh, Ken Ross uh, is Elizabeth's son. And one of the great things he says is that, uh, like uh, his mother, uh, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi, are carrying on the mission of... Um, Helping people after loss, which I thought was delicious. <laughs> he's a lovely young man. I've met him, and that's right. He's in Arizona. Yeah, that's big tribute, um, and it's well deserved. Actually, it's well deserved. How do people find your YouTube uh, videos? Can they everything on the OpenToHope.com site? You can get art. You know, they'll see as they go to the front of it. We have and we have one or two new articles every day. We have a great executive editor. Uh, Neil Chethick, who has taken care of those. We have our latest YouTubes, and we have uh, also we have forums where people can go in and, and write on the forums. And, and oh, we have a new thing. I, you don't know about it, and I want you to use it. We have an international calendar where you can put all your radio shows and events on free, and people will be able oh. to see it around the world. And anybody out there who does anything on grief, loss, hope, and healing, you can go on and put your events on our international calendar. Oh, well, we'll have to put this show on so they can come and hear you. Yeah, and, and uh, children's camps and things like that, because there are grief camps going on all over the United States for children and families. So 
sometimes they don't get filled. So that's part of what inspired us to put this calendar on um, our website. Um, you were doing some work with, uh, right now, the name of the organization is going out of my brain, but with bereaved military. Oh, yeah, TAPS, Tragedy yes. Assistance Program. We just presented there. Talk about a fabulous program, Bonnie Carroll. And you can um, go on. If, you, if you've ever been in the military and you had a loss, Bonnie runs all sorts of free programs that you can go to. It's really amazing. So look under TAPS. If you've had a, uh, a family member or if you've been in the military and you've had a loss, you can go to their camps, their events. Go to Washington, D.C. on Veterans Day. It's, they do an amazing thing. And Bonnie's uh, tight with the president and goes to the White House. And I mean, <laughs> they're a pretty phenomenal group. And the other group that we do something with is uh, Soaring Spirits. Michelle Neff Hernandez, and this is for bereaved uh, men and women, widow and widowers. And if you haven't been there, go to Michelle Neff Hernandez's site, Soaring Spirits. It's an amazing site, and she does these camp widows and widowers that are just a kick. It's more fun to go to them. And Heidi and I spoke there last year, and we're going to be uh, speaking there again. And I think in the spring, you'll have to go to Camp Widow and see when it's going to be. But um, those women are great support to each other. So there's a lot of support out there if, if people want to look for it. They can find most of the links on your site, can't they? Absolutely. They can find them on our site. And, uh, we've, yeah, we've got them all linked there and ready to go. And uh, we hope that people will come and visit us. You know what we love about our site and I love about your show, too, is we can, with the Internet, when you wake up at midnight, uh, you can listen to the show. In fact, I had a husband, yes. husband and wife who lost a child <laughs> came up to me and said, we listen to your show every night before we go to bed. And then the husband kind of laughed and he said, in bed. And he said, and we usually fall asleep before the end. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> no, and I thought, well, what could be better? <laughs> you can take that in one of two ways. You're so consoling that they feel comfortable to go to sleep or you oh, bored them to sleep. Either way, thank goodness. <laughs> Either way, they're getting sleep, and sometimes that's rare. Absolutely. <laughs> that's funny. We're, we're coming right up to the close, so what kind of tips do you want to give us, uh, give the listeners today? Because I know you have some really great ones. Well, I, I think the main thing I want to say to you is that the reason we call our foundation Open to Hope is because we know that after a, a loss, you do not have hope. And I would like to just challenge you all to just open your heart to the possibility of hope again. Just open it. I don't, I don't ask you to have hope. Just consider the idea uh, if you've had a loss. And the fact that you're tuning in to Irene's show today means that you've taken the first step out to open to that idea of hope until, you, you know, so. And the last thing I say is I have, we have a little motto at Open to Hope. And that is, if you lost hope, we want to give you the opportunity to lean on our hope until you find your own. I, I was going to, I was going to bring that up too. T tell me how people respond to that because it's such a loving invitation. It's hard because there are, and I know for people out there, it is hard because they really want to stay, they get stuck in where they are. And sometimes people get mad at us. 
you know, they say, uh, yeah, but you never get over it. I'm not going to, you know, I've, I was just at a TAPS thing, and a woman's son was killed in combat four years ago in a, an IUD on the road. And we were sitting in a group. We did a group together, and she said to the group, kind of smugly, well, you never get over it, you know. And, and I said, hmm, uh, you know, I've got to challenge that, you know. I, I think that you can open yourself to, to the idea of hope that you will fall again because you're talking to newly bereaved people. And as I said, sometimes we don't respond to it that well because I'm asking people to move to action. And when we get stuck, we're not always sure that we can move to action. You know, it takes energy. It does take energy. Gloria, thank you so much for being with us today. I know there are people listening that you've helped so much just by hearing that there is hope. Um, we'll have to do this again. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. It's always fun to be with you, Irene. And it is fun, and, isn't it? Yeah, love to you on your holiday and love to Chris and Jack and uh, everybody at Voice America. Thank you so much. Next week's guest is Christopher Dines. We're going to be talking about manifesting your dreams. So come back again next week and join us the week before Christmas. This is Irene Conlon saying thank you and goodbye for the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.